All right, everybody, I have a short little message for us on breaking generational curses. So here we have, we have the whole series on the tree illustration. So the tree illustration is this, is that the, the root causes in our lives, right, right down here, root causes, manifest into different fruits in our lives. So we see how we behave. And the Marine Corps and the Navy and the military is, is is really targeting in on all these behaviors. Suicide-related behavior. Today, This month is Suicide Awareness Month, Suicide Prevention Month. And so we're trying to target that and get to the root cause. I believe I found the root cause. And the root causes are things that are, for the illustration, things underground. This was the level floor here. Things underground that we can't see that, that get fed by water and fertilizer and they manifest and they bud into fruit up here. So we can't see them unless people talk about them. So the way ahead in uprooting the root causes of all destructive behavior is through confession. And confession is this, hey, here's what's going on in my heart. Here's what's happened to me in the past. Here's what grudge I'm harboring. Here's what bitterness I have deep down. We will never know what people are thinking and why they're behaving, why they're behaving, unless we get to the root cause. And the heart of every issue is an issue of the heart. And so the heart is the deepest part of the soul, and we express things out of the heart. So where do we get this idea of generational curses? I'm going to show a couple of verses here in Exodus 24 through 6. Actually, in every area where you see the Ten Commandments, uh, presented, you'll see this, this little mention on generational curses. And here it is. Exodus 20, 4 through 6. I'll be reading out of the ESV. God says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. These are, these are graven images. Verse 5. Like, don't worship things that we make which everything we have is something we've made. Everything we have is something that will that, that, uh, we'll either end up in a, in a dumpster or a garage sale. I mean, all our stuff that we own, these graven images. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. You're probably thinking, like, oh, I don't bow down to my stuff, but if one of my kids scratched my guitar, I would be so upset. Why? Because I'm bowing, I'm worshiping this stuff. And every day God's telling me, don't worship your stuff. People jump on the couch or they track mud into that. I get worried about my stuff, but God says, don't worry about your stuff. Verse 5b, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So here, you'll see it in Exodus, you'll see it in Numbers, you'll see it in Deuteronomy, where God says, the, I will not forget... And, and the people of this generation are basically paying for the sins of the generation before and before. So when I use the term generational curses, there's two ways to take that. There's, there's two different schools of thought. One, one school of thought is like, oh, I'm, I'm condemned. I'm doomed. I'm doomed for failure because my family did this and now there's a curse on the whole family and I can't do anything about it. I'm not from that school of thought. When I say generational sins because... It's a very loaded term. I have the second school of thought, which is 
My family passed down this way of eating, and now we're all obese, something like that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm obviously making these up because my family doesn't have that issue. Or let's just say, my family passed down a tradition of speaking a certain way about a certain people group, right? So if, if my parents talk like this and my grandparents talk like this, and that kind of thinking and mentality got passed down, then that would actually follow my family until I said, no more. I will not perpetuate that type of talking of other people of different color or whatever. You, you can do it with eating, you can do it with talking, you can do it with religion. Let's just say that, well, uh, my, my family was into the occult. Right? And these might be personal examples for you in your own life. My, my, my family was into the occult, and my grandpa was into the occult, and then, and then they taught me, and so that's why I, I found myself in the occult, practicing witchcraft, practicing horoscopes, practicing you name it. But then the buck stops here. That's how we break generational curses. So in this passage, Yes, if there is a curse on the family, meaning just a pattern, something that the family has practiced that is not approved by God, and it keeps getting passed down, there's a curse on the family. But it doesn't have to be that way. Because in Christ, the gospel says we are no longer slaves to fear. If fear is a thing in my family, where we're, we're, our chains are set free, as we sang in our songs, all those curses, all those generation patterns can stop with me. Why? Because I'm free in Christ. So here, in, in this passage, and in the summer passage, because we're just going to do an intro this week, and then next week we're going we're gonna to unpack it. But it's to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So what if the next generation doesn't hate God? What if the next generation doesn't practice the things that our parents and our grandparents practice? And guess what happens to the curse? It's broken. You'll see this, how, how people like... It can be linked to, to diabetes and, and, and obesity, and it can be just be passed on from generation to generation. And we no longer have to say, well, I just do this because my parents. Even with your religion, I mean, Marines and Sailors come in from all walks of life. And at some point, because the youngest person in the military is going to be about, I don't know, 18, 17. What, what's the youngest you can be in the military, like, um, out of the debt program? 17. 17, right? Okay. And this is not a draft. This is not like World War II or Vietnam. Every single service member, you signed up because you raised your right hand. Right hand. You came in. Um, so, where, where was I going with that? Yes. Um, when we come in, the, the, the military brings all walks of life, right? This is what I was saying. All different walks of life. It's like, ah, oh, you know, right, uh, you know, my... My parents uh, want me to be this. And I'm like, you know, look, I'm not here to change anybody's religion, but I'm here to say, you're, you're, you're an adult now. What do you believe? That's all I ask people. What do you believe? Now that you're gone and you're on your own, you got a paycheck, you got insurance, you got everything, and you, you have a lot of time to be influenced by your peers, what, what do you believe? When your kids go to school, when you go away to college, there's a lot of people going away to college, they're gonna be surrounded based on the college you go to with people of different worldviews. They're gonna challenge the way you think. When you go to high school, right, or when you go to high school one day, kids are going to challenge what you believe. When you go to youth group, you guys believe in Jesus? Jesus, that's silly. And you're going to have to answer those things. And I also never want my kids to believe what they believe just because I told them. I want them, to, I want them to search for themselves. So in my family, um, well, let's just, I'll be a little bit transparent here, right? Uh, my grandma, who's, who's, who's now, I believe, in heaven. Um, 
let's just say my family, my, certain people in my family encourage us, well, I'll marry, marry a Filipino, right? But so what I say to my kids is, I don't care who, marry whoever you want. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I, if, if one of my children married a Chinese person, a Korean person, uh, black, whatever, Indian, I, I think we're all from Adam and Eve anyway, so we're all the same. So, so that's one little area where in my family it's like, well, um, if, uh, if you marry this, this type of person, they're going to be really good with money. We can marry this type of person. Nope. Not perpetuating that. I'm going to teach my kids in this generation to see people as made in the image of God. Uh, everybody's made in the imago Dei, the image of God. So everybody's beautiful. Everybody. That's what I teach, that's what I teach my kids. Um, okay, so these generational curses, right? Let's just jump straight to the New Testament. This is a generational curse that we all can't get away from. So our very first father is who? Who's the very first human being? Adam, Adam and Eve, yes. Adam is the very first man. So look at 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 23. Now I call this FAB. You know, it's my ministry, my ministry on the side is called FAB. Have you seen that? FAB? It stands for For All Believers. But I got this idea in 2000, in like 2000, 20 years ago. And I met the guy, I, I, I was driving by on my motorcycle, I went by uh, my scooter, State Beach, and to the, to the place where I discovered this FAB concept, and the guy I was discussing it with, this was last week, he was standing right there at the stairs. He was standing right there. This was last week. So I came back here, this is also the first state park, is the very first time I've ever been barreled. For you non-surfers, a barrel is when a wave goes like this, and you pull in, and the thing goes right over your head. And it was the first time I ever got spit out of a wave. I was like, first time, and it was at that spot. So I went there to reminisce. It's all the souls of the spot where I was sitting in the water, okay? And there's this guy in the water. His name was Philly. And he's, he's one of the starters of this FAB thing. But this is how he used it. He said, we are F at birth. We are F at birth. So all these guys in my high school would write on their, on their binders, F at birth. Uh, for the kids, flawed at birth. You're flawed at birth. It means you're born physically alive, but with some flaw. Like kids are, when they're born, they don't have to be told to do wrong. Like you're, all you kids, your very first words are probably, probably mine, me. Actually, all you guys, your first words are probably mine, me. You don't have to teach kids to be selfish, to be greedy, to cry when they don't get their way, to stomp their feet, to not do their chores, to not. You don't have to teach any kid that. You know why? Because they're F-A-B. Flawed at birth. Now these guys over here are thinking something different. Flawed at birth, okay? Get your mind right there. Flawed. So as I was sitting in the water, and this guy, we're sitting in the waves, and he just saw me get barreled. So he, he, he respects me. He's like, he's like, dude, barrel. I was like, yeah, barrel. My first barrel. And I was like, hey, you know that thing that you guys are talking about, F-A-B? Well, I, and this is the conversation. I said, it's so true. Because when Adam sinned, we all were now F-A-B, flawed at birth. And then I said, but since Jesus came, we're all now F-A-B, freed at birth. This is 20 years ago. I'm sitting in the water at State Park with this story. And he's, the company they had was a, was a sunglasses company called F-A-B, Fab Optics. It was, it was just, this is so crazy. 
And he's like, yeah. I said, yeah, through Jesus, we're now freed up. Yes, question? No, I went back to the beach one week ago, but this is 20 years ago when this first happened, way before you were born, okay? So, um, and now this is the verse I was thinking about, 1 Corinthians. For as by, for by man came death, by man has also come the resurrection of the dead. So by one man came death, F-A-B, that's, that's Adam. And then another man brought resurrection of the dead. Who's that? Who's the second Adam? Jesus. Jesus is the second Adam. For as in Adam all die, when Adam all are F-A-B, and also in Christ also be F-A-B, freed at birth. You get it now? You get why I'm so into F-A-B? Flawed at birth, freed at birth, and freedom is for all believers. I like this F-A-B thing. 23, but in each his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Now look at this. If you fast forward in this chapter, watch this. This is so good. Thus it is written, verse 45, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, ESV. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, who is? Who's the last Adam? Jesus. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So we were flawed at birth through, G through Adam. Now we're freed at birth through Jesus, life-giving spirit. 46, but it is not the spiritual that is the first, but the natural and then the spiritual. 47. The first man was from the earth. That's what Adam means. He's from the, from the dirt. A man of the dust. The second man is from heaven. So my whole life for the past 20 years is about this been F-A-B thing. Like, I look at everybody and I go, okay, we're all flawed at birth. Every single one of you. One, two, three, four, you know, and the thousands of angels here. You're all flawed at birth. Through Jesus, you're freed at birth. And it's just a choice. It's a choice now. Am I going to live free, or am I going to live in the old Adam? Now, let's fast forward here. I'm going to show you what I, I've been developing this for years, the types of generational curses that might have been passed down through your lines. Okay. Uh, the, the credit goes here to my, my, my good friend, Steve Swartz, who is my illustrator for my book, Freedom Vision. Freedom Vision is all about freedom in this, this tree illustration. And we're hoping to publish this book sometime this year. Mm -hmm. Well, when you finish the book sometime this year, maybe publish in 2021. So your prayers. But look at this picture here. You see the weeds coming up and choking the tree? He, I love how Steve did it here. Um, like, the, like the weeds are coming up like a snake, like a poisonous, venomous snake. It's strangling the tree. And whether you like it or not, and if those of you watching online... You are related to your family. Whether you like it or not, you are inheriting the sins of your parents, and your parents are inheriting the sins of their parents, and they're inheriting the sins of their parents, and it goes all the way, all the way, all the way back to the very first Adam and Eve. And Adam was lazy, and that's when the enemy attacked him. Eve was deceived, and that's when the enemy attacked her. Adam should have been in front to intercept and say, hey, no, 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 don't be talking to my wife, serpent, enemy. But he was over here doing this. And she, it opened her up. She was, and then she's conversing with the serpent. Remember the story? And he's like, well, if you bite that fruit, then you're going to be like God. Bite it. And then she goes like this. In Genesis, you read it, she goes like this. Hey, you want some? So Adam was standing right there. And the man wasn't doing his job. He should have, he should have said, no, 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 enemy, you're not talking to my wife. He's sitting there 
but he didn't have pockets, so he was probably just like this. And then they, they, they bit the fruit, and they realized they were naked, and everything changed. Everything changed, and, and sins have been passed down. Now look at this list. Um, I, I broke it down into bio, psycho, social, spiritual. These are the parts that make up the human being. Biological, physical, social, like your culture, uh, psychological, in, in your mind, and your spiritual. So physical, anybody have a... You know, in your family, is there is there physical illness that gets passed through? Like in, in my family, there's prostate cancer. Like my, 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 both of my grandpas died from prostate cancer. Usually you die with prostate cancer, but they died because of it, because it attacked their body. My dad had prostate cancer, okay? My uncle had it. In Virginia, my PSA levels, which my prostate, it was going up. I was gonna get this thing. And I remember, I told my, my, my pastor in Virginia, Man, Pastor Chris, don't waste your time praying for my healing. I said, I don't believe in that. Don't waste your time. I want you to pray that, that God would love my kids and my wife for me. And he's like, Ryan, it's not for you. Your healing is not for you. We're going to pray for your healing so that God can get the glory. And you remember this, guys? We were sitting in the Kim's house in our Friday community group. And for the first time, I asked for prayer for healing. There was a lot of stuff going on with my body. I was falling apart. I almost didn't get a job out here because they looked at my medical records and they said, you're not fit for this duty. And you didn't know this. They said, you are not fit for this duty. So I sat down in this middle of the circle. Uncle Dave was there. Auntie Susan was there. Uncle Matt, Auntie Heather, Uncle Tim. Remember all of it? And I sat down in the middle. And I said, guys, I want to pray for healing. And, and, and my wife, Jenna, was there. And I broke down crying. And, they, they, and then their prayers, the room was flooded with prayers. And they prayed for it, and I felt the healing in my body. Totally went away. Everything went away. I was seeing urology. That went away. I was seeing GI. That went away. Just like that. A few symptoms here and there. But it all, I attribute that, that God has the power of healing. And some, some people in the medical field are like, well, I don't believe in that. But I... I, I know what I experienced. And I thought I was going to get out uh, of the military. But I've been healed. But those physical illnesses, a lot of authors say that's passed down through the family lines. And we need to claim it in Jesus, claim healing in Jesus' name. Like, no. My body, you come under the, the, the power of, of Jesus Christ to heal my, heal my body. And a lot of these physical things are linked to the other things. Is there some sort of sin? See that bullet number two? Is there some sort of sin in your family that, that's happened down the lines? Well, we what we need to do is say, this is a trend in my family. No more. No more. Look at the other ones. Is there drugs or alcohol abuse in your family? Then we need to pray and say, man, well, my, my uncle was doing a lot of, of drugs or, or, or drinking a lot of alcohol. My parents, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you have lost a parent to alcohol because they drank too much and you get to say no more as for psychological like have you been taught growing up to worship certain things that's what idolatry is that you need something from somebody well we renounce those things and say my parents did this my grandparents did this but no more your religion it might have got passed down to you you might have been raised in some sort of cult or some sort of occult and maybe it's time for you now if you're hearing this and listening to saying, man, I, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. I need to make my own decisions. 
I'm not going to believe this just because my parents believe this and my grandparents believe this. I'm going to reevaluate everything I believe. I'm going to reevaluate it all. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. I'm going to get rid of it. I don't care if our whole family has been all about this. I'm going to be the one to break the curse. Okay? Perfectionism and drivenness. If you were raised by a perfectionist, you're probably abused. Like, I, I have a buddy who, 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 who is his, one of his parents used to just yell at him. Get the math right. Get this right. And there was so much yelling over some homework. And he has a choice now to, to either do that to his kids or break it. His dad was very, very high up in the organization. And he has a chance now to say, I'm not doing that to my kids. I'm going to break it. And just, just as you think about these things, too, I, I also don't want us to think about our parents and go, I'm going to be so much better than them. Because the chances is we're, we're probably not. We're not better than our parents. We're all learned, we all learned over and over. Our parents did the best they could with what they had. We as parents, we're doing the best we can with what we have. And at the end of our life, we're going to learn and look back and say, oh, I could have done that so much better. But there's, that's why God is so gracious and forgiving because there's, there's grace and forgiveness for all these things. Look at superstitions. Are there superstitions in your family? Those need to go. Those need to go because God is so much bigger than superstition. One short story about this. My buddy, Dan, and I were taking a, a guy through the steps to freedom in Christ. It's what Freedom Vision is all about. It's what the book's all about. And he goes, hey, uh, before I do this, what do you guys think about Mary? And we're like, Mary? He goes, yeah, the Virgin Mary. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, we, we love her. <laughs> we, we love her. He goes, okay, because you talk about Mary, I'm out of here. We're like, no, man, we love Mary. That's, 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 that's Jesus' mom. So... Uh, there was that, and then he goes, hey, uh, you know, when my girls, it was his culture. He goes, yeah, when my girls go to bed, they need to have a ponytail. They need to put their hair on a ponytail. Okay? Apparently, this is Samoan culture. Okay? He goes, girls need to have a ponytail at home every night before the sun goes down. We're like, why? He goes, oh, you know why? Because if they don't, the spirits will get them. I'm like, wow. What will they do? And he used some expletive that he said the spirits will beat them down. And we're like, this is a superstitious stronghold that got passed through his generational lines that needs to be broken today. But we didn't touch, we didn't touch his culture or, or Mary. We didn't talk about those things at all. All we talked about was idolatry. And idolatry is making something matter more that doesn't matter most. What matters most is Jesus. And what matters less are all these cultural things. But once he got the idea of what idolatry was, and he, that he didn't need anything from anybody or anything, he, the only thing he needed was God, Philippians 4, 16. God supplies all, his, all our needs according to his riches and glory. Once he realized that all he needs was God, he goes like this. This is a big dude, too. He's a big Samoan guy. He stands up and he goes, he goes oh, you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me if... You mean to tell me that I, I don't... And he was going like this. He's pacing backward and forward. And then we were watching him like this. It was like dominoes. Once we, once he understood what idolatry was, it's like someone flicked the domino. And it went. And all of his superstitions, all of his worldviews, all of his religion just went. Just boom. All done. In one, in one sweep. The guy was totally set free. Now, yeah, he's, he's going to wrestle back and forth. He's going to want to put his daughter's hair in a ponytail right and then he's going to say now today he's going to say oh i don't need to do that anymore 
No more ponytails. His wife's probably thinking because she's Samoan as well. We're not gonna put the ponytail? Nope, we don't need to do that anymore. Because Jesus is better than that ponytail. We don't need to do the ponytail. So now he's set free. But these things are passed down. These are generational curses that are passed down. And because his freedom in Christ, he can stop the curse. Stop the sin. Stop the pattern. Look at, uh, how about politics? Okay, what's going on now? What's going on nowadays? People are so passionate about politics. Why? Maybe their parents are passionate about politics. Maybe their parents are passionate about politics. And it's getting passed down and they don't know why they're so passionate. I'm going to take a crack at all the people who are passionate about politics right now. getting so out of control. What I'm saying to everybody who's passionate about politics and, and your religion or whatever, here's my take, okay? And we can, we can discuss this. I think it's the easy conversation to have. When you talk about politics and religion and voting and these, those are so comfortable. Those are the most, most comfortable topics because in those topics, I never have to tell you what I'm struggling with last night and yesterday and the day before. You know what I'm saying? The harder conversation is this. Hey man, I got a problem. I have serious problems. And I fell again last night on my computer or my phone or whatever. Those are the real conversations. But as long as I talk about politics or religion or, or, or sports or whatever, I can keep it at this comfortable level and I don't have to go deep. But I'm encouraging people to go way beyond the politics. Yeah, do your thing. Like, like vote for whoever. Like, read the Bible and say, okay, who's closest to this? And then vote for that person. Who cares? But don't get caught up into hiding behind that. Okay, how about spiritual things? Like a spirit of rebellion or a spirit of criticism. Like, I have introduced things into my family that, that weren't taught to me by my parents and their grandparents. Like, greed. Like, I grew up really... My parents are the most generous people at all. My, my older brother is the most generous person. I, he's constantly giving stuff away. And for, somehow in my life, I became greedy. I have no idea how this happened. And then I was a wrestling coach in Buena Park in, 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 uh, you know, in a low-income area. And, and my guys, my wrestlers, this is 15 years ago, hey, coach, can I, can I treat you to some Taco Bell? And I'm like, dude, you don't even have money. They want to buy me things. They, they taught me how to be generous. And I was always really tight with my money. Now God's taught me, I don't have to do that. I don't have to create a, uh, a curse for my family. Like my son Ryder, one time he, they were raising money for cancer, there's a little box with it's like a cure for cancer, and whoever raised the most money got a all of garden party for the, for the school, right? For the class, for the class, yeah, sorry. That'd be a lot of money. Ryder's like, Dad, I got $100 in my piggy bank. I'm gonna put it in that little box so that, you know, for the kids with cancer. And, and in my, my first thought, my sinful first thought, I was like, oh, no, man, we've got to save that. But then the Holy Spirit said, let him be generous. Let him cultivate that heart of generosity so he can pass it down to his kids. So, boom, Ryder gave the $100, put in that little box. This, the whole class got an Olive Garden party. So, okay, so I want, I'm, I'm going to close this now. I want us to pray for the, for the adults in here. And even for the kids, you can be praying for your future families. What is on this list? In fact, let's do this right now. Look at, look at this prayer that we have in our, in our book. And, and you can either read this or I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you here. You can close your eyes. Here's your prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask you to reveal to my mind now all the sins of my forefathers. 
that have been repeated from generation to generation. I choose to be free from those choices and walk in my new identity as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so between you and God right now, what did God bring to your mind? Is it racism? Is it some sexual sin? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? What, what is it? And in your, in your heart, I want you to make the decision now. I'm encouraging and praying for you to make the decision. I'm going to choose to stop that here. I'm going to choose to step, step, take, take steps to freedom. And I'm not going to just say that. I'm going to show you actually how I encourage people to do that. Uh, here are the, all the elements of freedom. Okay, so in, in, in order to sustain freedom, there has to be that confession. Like, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what my family taught me to do. And then after that confession, there needs to be thanksgiving right away. we got to get to the thanksgiving, see? Okay, let's just say you were practicing, I don't know, horoscopes. Well, we've always done horoscopes. Lord, I confess I've been, I've been reading horoscopes and getting my, 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 my information from horoscopes. Thank you for your forgiveness. You see how fast I went there? Thank you for your forgiveness. I now repent from, I'm going to throw these things away. And when we do this, we do this in the midst of community. I can do this by myself in my own closet, but I can also do this in community. Our community group meets on Tuesday nights with the Powell family and the Yeomans family. We, we meet every Tuesday and we break bread together. Um, maybe, maybe the Roy, Robal family is going to join us. Uh, we, whoever joins, we sit there and we, we go deep on these things in the midst of everybody. Because I don't want to be a slave to fear. Okay? So here's the other part of the prayer. I here now uh, reject and disown all the sins of my ancestors. I specifically renounce the sins of, and you list them. This is the way to freedom. You list them. As one who has been delivered from the domain of darkness into the, into the kingdom of God's son, I rejoice in the freedom from all strongholds that have been prevalent in my family. Amen. I cut and pasted this prayer from Neil Anderson's The Bondage Breaker. It's a wonderful, wonderful prayer. And, and as you do these things, this is going to be a daily thing. Because you've been raised for, for years, for decades, in one mindset. But when you clear these things out of your, your, out of your head, look how clear this is. Steve drew this tree. And I love the way he did it. Look, at, inside the tree is like a clear night. You see that? I didn't even tell him to do that, but it's, it makes so much sense that when someone's free in Christ, then their mind is clear. It's no longer cluttered. It's no longer foggy. Like I used to be so distracted in class. Now my mind is clear. It's clear because I've renounced the sins of the past. I've renounced all sins that I'm aware of. And when God brings something to my mind, I confess it in the midst of gospel-centered community. Let me close this in prayer, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end here. Father, thank you for freedom in Christ. Now, we know that in Adam, we are FAB, we're flawed at birth. But we also know that in Jesus, we are freed at birth. And regardless of how we were raised, Lord, we choose to break those generational patterns and sins, curses, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thanks for joining us. May the Lord uh, bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. God bless.